Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to answer an ancient mystery of science. Should you store batteries in the freezer? A few days ago, I needed to replace the batteries in an electronic game. So I went to the place where our family has always stored our batteries. The place where every generation of Phelan has stored its batteries for as long as I can remember. The kitchen freezer. As I was wiping off the thin layer of frost from the battery's contacts, my wife asked me why we always kept the batteries in the freezer. At first, I was tempted to attribute her lack of knowledge of Phelan battery lore to the fact that she'd only been part of our frozen battery dynasty for a scant 10 years, hardly long enough to truly appreciate the subtleties of battery storage. But as I thought about how to answer such a question, I was confronted with a startling realization. I had no idea. Surely years of tradition and entire dynasty's adherence to the principles of safe battery storage couldn't be wrong. I sighed as I realized there was only one thing to do. I had to find out the truth for myself. Does storing batteries in the freezer really extend their shelf life? To get to the truth of this important matter, it's important that we first have a basic understanding of what batteries are and how they work. As I mentioned in my previous episode on capacitors, a battery is a collection of one or more cells capable of generating electricity. There are lots of different types of these cells, but they all work according to the same basic principle. Part of the cell consists of chemicals that undergo a special reaction called an oxidation reaction, which is a reaction that causes atoms to lose electrons. The other part of the cell consists of a different set of chemicals that undergo what is called a reduction reaction. In reduction reactions, atoms gain electrons. If you're confused about which type of reaction is which, just remember the handy mnemonic oil rig. Oxidation is loss, reduction is gain. As one part of the cell has an excess of electrons, and another part of the cell has a deficiency in electrons, the logical thing to do would be to send the extra electrons from one side of the cell to the other side. And this is exactly what happens when you hook both ends of the cell up to a circuit. The excess electrons flow out of one side of the cell, called the anode, through the circuit and into the other side of the cell, called the cathode. Over time, these chemical reactions can result in changes to the materials that make up the cathode and anode, resulting in the fact that the cells lose their ability to carry out the chemical reactions which are needed to produce the electricity. When this happens, we say that the cell, or the battery of cells, is dead. Even when the cell isn't connected to a circuit, these chemical changes still occur, though at a much slower rate. Self-discharge is the term used to describe how cells slowly lose their charge or their ability to carry out the reactions that produce electricity when they're just sitting around on a shelf somewhere. How fast a cell self-discharges depends on a lot of factors, including the chemicals used inside the cell and the temperature outside. It turns out to be true that putting batteries in colder temperatures can slow the self-discharge rate of their cells. However, just how effective this is depends on the type of battery. Modern alkaline batteries have such a low self-discharge rate that storing them in the freezer is nearly ineffective. 
Lithium batteries, both standard and rechargeable, are even better. On the other hand, rechargeable batteries made of nickel-cadmium, labeled as NICD, or nickel-metal hydride, labeled as NIMH, have really high self-discharge rates that are drastically reduced by storing them in colder temperatures. However, most battery manufacturers recommend against storing batteries in the freezer or refrigerator for several reasons. First, excess moisture can significantly degrade battery life by causing corrosion around the anode and cathode contacts. In addition, extreme cold temperatures can cause seals in the battery to rupture, which greatly reduces battery performance. Finally, a cold battery has to reach room temperature before it can operate at maximum performance. So, it turns out that as usual, my wife's intuition was correct. My family has been shortening the life of their batteries for years, all because we didn't understand the science behind batteries. Hopefully, this episode will save your family from a similar fate. Now please excuse me while I go and uh, take the batteries out of my freezer and put them away in a drawer where they belong. If you like today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm your host Lee Phelan with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.